This is an ABC podcast. Hello, this is Coronacast, a daily podcast all about the coronavirus. I'm health reporter Tegan Taylor. And I'm physician and journalist Dr Norman Swan. It's Tuesday the 30th of November 2021. And of course, Norman, we're still talking about Omicron, the new, the newest variant of concern. And there's still a lot that we don't know about it, but some of the biggest minds in virology and evolutionary biology are here in Australia, including Professor Eddie Holmes, who you spoke to yesterday about the potential origins of this variant. Yes. Um, and he's got, he says that there are currently amongst his colleagues three theories as to where this might have come from. So one is that it's actually been around for a while, you know, several months, and it's just for some reason appearing now and just emerging. And in fact, some evolutionary biologists have suggested, and I think we mentioned this on yesterday's Omicronicast, that uh, it was maybe it maybe emerged in September and it's been around for a couple of months. So that's one theory. Another theory is that it came from somebody who was immunocompromised, HIV or some other reason. And I also spoke yesterday to Professor Alex Siegel, who's a leading virologist in South Africa. And he's just published in the last 48 hours a paper, not yet peer-reviewed, which is a case study. And it's a case study, and he's interested in HIV as well as COVID, of somebody with HIV, not terribly well treated, who had COVID infection for uh, several months and huge amounts of virus being produced, and in fact produced a a mutated variant, which, while not identical to Omicron, had some evolutionary similarities. It was in what's called the B11 lineage. So you know this is B11529. Well, this is also in the B11 lineage. So it's got some of the same mutations in it. And it's really interesting what they found in this person. What they found was, first of all, that it was vaccine-resistant. So Pfizer was less effective. It wasn't zero, but it was less effective than it had been. So there was what's called vaccine escape. Is that because this person had a weakened immune system or that's the upshot of all these mutations that this particular virus had? Because they've got a weakened immune system, they've got a weaker antibody response and it gives the virus a chance to mutate around the antibodies and resist them. Whereas somebody with a stronger antibody response would knock off the virus and not give the virus a chance to evolve against the antibody. Since the antibodies are the same antibodies that you produce to the vaccine, by proxy or in coincidence, it makes it vaccine resistant as well. So it's not mutating against the vaccine, it's mutating against weak antibodies, but the same antibodies that you're producing with the vaccine. So that's why it happens there. The really interesting thing was that this person stayed pretty well, didn't have much symptomatology. So this is a person who's immunocompromised and you'd expect to get battered by COVID-19, but they weren't. And so it was a mild disease in this person. And so the question then is, I mean, there are big differences between that virus and Omicron, but it does fit with some of the things you're hearing about, uh, about Omicron. And the third theory, uh, coming back to Eddie Holmes, was that it actually went into an animal and re-emerged from an animal and reinfected a human. And I, th- I don't think that he thinks that's the most likely, but he actually spoke about that on Coronacast a few weeks ago, is that if you're going to get a pandemic version of the coronavirus, it would have to go through an animal first. And he said what that could explain 
is the large number of mutations in this virus, which makes it look as though it's actually a significant jump from where the virus was. So these are theories, but one of the things you just said speaks to what we do know, or some of the things that we do know about this virus. You said that this has come from the B11 lineage. So B117 was the alpha strain that we saw um, being detected in the UK last year. At the moment, uh, we've been talking so much about Delta, we can forget that there are other strains of this virus circulating. So where, which has this descended from? The evolution from this does not seem to be from Delta, but Condady Holmes, it bears quite some resemblance to Beta, although it's it's very different, but it's got elements of Beta in it. And remember, Beta was the South African variant, which was probably the most vaccine-resistant virus we've had till now, but not very contagious, so it was beaten out by Delta. So it's got elements of Beta in it, but it's got a lot more in addition to Beta, which makes it potentially more dangerous. So Beta had a, an element of vaccine or immune escape, but it wasn't contagious enough to outcompete Delta. Now we've got Omicron, perhaps has this characteristic we don't know yet. We also know it's probably pretty infectious. Will it outcompete Delta? Well, I used uh, Eddie's own phrase back at him, which he used on Coronacast, which was uh, in a shootout at OK Corral, does Delta win? Or in this case, does Omicron win? So all the previous shootouts, Delta's won. In this one, he's not willing to predict. He's um, loath to predict too much with this because he reckons he's been wrong almost every time he's done it because it's such an unpredictable virus. So he doesn't know. I mean, the suggestions from others are that it could outcompete Delta. But remember, you're just seeing this in South Africa in a very isolated context, a young population which mingles a lot with each other and potential super-spreading events. So just because it's very contagious in the South African environment doesn't mean that's going to translate overseas. So much we've got to learn about this virus. And as you said yesterday, a very low vaccination rate in South Africa, especially compared to someone like Australia. So what does Australia do in the coming weeks and months? So this is complicated, and it's obviously complicated by politics as well as public health. So we shut our borders to Southern Africa. We've got, yet again, different rules for different jurisdictions in terms of how long people are going to have to go into either home quarantine, home isolation, or hotel quarantine. Yet again, the problem's there. And of course, that's created enormous anger. Uh, with Silver Ramaphosa in South Africa complaining bitterly about the shutters going down for Southern Africa when they feel innocent about it and denied vaccine. So this is enormously controversial, what you do here. And to try and get through this uh, in a scientific sense, I spoke to Raina McIntyre yesterday, and here's her take. And Professor Raina McIntyre is head of global biosecurity at the Kirby Institute and the University of New South Wales. So I think we really need to get our skates on over the things we can control. One is the third dose booster. I I think we need to look at changing that recommendation from six months after the second dose to any time from two to six months after the second dose. Uh, We know the waning starts as early as two to three months after the second dose. And if we can get really high levels of the third dose, uh, because the amount of boosting you get from that third dose is really quite phenomenal compared to the second dose, that will place us in good stead. Then um, the other vaccination piece is around the younger children. We need to make sure we've got the paediatric formulation in the country and we've got a recommendation for the kids as soon as possible. And the third piece of the vaccine picture is making sure we've got procurement arrangements for Omicron-matched boosters, which some of the companies are already 
um, making or pl in the making plans for. So we don't want to be last in the line for that. And then I think we need to be working on the border control quarantine piece. It's clearly spread outside of Southern Africa. Um, you know, there's cases in the UK, in Israel, in Hong Kong, in um, the Czech Republic, a number of other countries already. So it's likely to have spread even more than we realise internationally. So anyone coming in internationally could be a risk. So I think for the time being, until we know more about this variant of concern, uh, we need to tighten that border control. So where, where do we go from here with this? Because this is not going to be the last variant. No, it's not the last variant, and which is why we need to have the infrastructure for testing and tracing for quarantine in place and ready to turn on whenever it's needed, right? We were about to go into, a, you know, pretty much relying mainly on vaccines, going into a period of relative freedom, and then this has come along. I think the lesson there is that it's not going to be the last variant of concern. There's going to be more, and uh, we need to be, uh, be able to switch on the infrastructure as required. So that's Professor Verena McIntyre from the Kirby Institute and the University of New South Wales. And Norman, we hear on one side people kind of maybe freaking out a little bit on, and on the other side people saying we shouldn't be fear-mongering or making people panicked. So what I'd like to do is to pull out this chart that you see beside me. I'm going to call it the Dr Norman Swan Omicronometer of Panic. Like just how worried should people be in Australia at this stage about this? So if you take the Omicronometer from lying by the pool drinking a pina colada to having to wear brown trousers with bicycle clips, <laughs> I think you, you get the message. Um, I think that we're somewhere in the middle, whatever that is. That's probably walking around in a very twitchy, uncomfortable way, wondering what's going to happen next. But you haven't yet put on the brown trousers. That's just my standard state these days. So, okay. So what is it in metric? Give me a number, a scale of one to ten. A scale of one to ten, I think we're around about six. But I prefer my scale, walking walking around with your jeans on, feeling a bit anxious. I mean, that's just that's really what we're talking about. Will we know by Christmas just how bad this is or isn't going to be? Uh, yes, I think we will. I think that uh, by Christmas we will. I mean, I think most people want want to know well before Christmas because there's people coming from overseas. We don't want to have to go back into lockdown, and that's part of what Rhina was talking about. There is. To do all, if you do a lot of that, then you probably avoid having to go into lockdown. But it does mean some significant constraints on people's behaviour and travel if you followed everything she was talking about. But you know, the people I've been talking to say in the next week to two weeks, we should have a much better idea of what's going on. Well, that's a relief, I guess. I, I suppose it depends what the verdict is in the next few weeks, hey? So that's all we've got time for today on Omicronacast. We'll see you tomorrow. If you've got any questions to ask, go to abc.net.au slash coronacast. We haven't changed the name, nor will we. And we'll see you tomorrow. See you then. 